1: this show is brought to you by prize picks prize picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two three or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections and if you're correct you win pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay use the promo code five that's f-i-v-e five and receive a 100 instant deposit match up to hundred dollars but first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That 800 MyBetUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet. U.S. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry local agents that understand south florida's unique market you have access to them 24 7 walk in call in click in through LewisPeters.com. you can find them online on social media at sfagentpeters, peters or you can call at 305-275-5585 remember lewis welcome
0: to three yards per caddy a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
1: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. If you notice, there is no fight song at the top of this edition for the first time in two months. Unfortunately, this one was, uh, you know, not playing the fight song before this show is fatal. (laughs) As in their season is essentially over. All they can really preserve is a winning season. I have Simon Clancy here. I will have Chris Kaufman here later on. Uh, We'll do the post-mortem on was essentially the season. I guess our next show, will just preview the Patriots and what we want to see later on this week. But as always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code 5RSN for 20% off your entire order. But we're going to dissect this game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Simon, uh, it's two years in a row, week 17. They're presented with an opportunity where, you know, granted, you're going on the road against a very good team both years. But you don't only come up empty. Um, you're pretty much embarrassed. And your quarterback is... I'm not going to saddle him with Buffalo last year because that was a meltdown of epic proportions because I don't know if you remember that game as as well as I do, but that game was very much in doubt late into the second quarter. And then it just absolutely snowballed. And especially at the top of the third quarter, when it looked like Miami had some life last year, it just went haywire. It, bad, bad snaps from, from your long snapper, missed field goals. Oh, hell broke loose in that Buffalo game. This one was a little bit more gradual and a little bit more focused, and it has to be focused on the quarterback. I thought he played aside from a couple of throws, a handful of throws, he was putrid. Like that was a
2: terrible performance.
1: And if you are ever gonna saddle him with a loss, I think it happened this Sunday. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I thought it was embarrassing. I thought it was an embarrassing performance by the team. I, I didn't, um, you know, I, I wrote about it in the OnlyFins chat that we have. I, I said, I thought the Titans would probably win 34-6 or 36-6. So it was pretty close. We're just not built. We were never built to go up there and win those sorts of games. Um, and I thought the referendum on the quarterback has is close to being delivered, I think. Um, I think that you have to look at the, the, the three most recent games. And, you know, we, we beat the Jets almost despite Tua, you know, then against New Orleans, you know, against a team that was missing, what, 21 players on the COVID list, 11 on injured reserve. You know, they were literally calling up guys off the street the day before the game to play. He was, and the, the worst still, the opportunity to change the national narrative, to do it in a primetime game. And he was really poor. And then
1: it was a, it was a bystander and in, in that game yeah. he was like he was like watching the game along with us
2: <laughs> yeah and then yesterday I just thought he was he was dreadful I thought he was dreadful I just but the thing is that, that the worst thing that's that's happened is that, like I equated it to like um you know I'm a Dolphins fan uh, and I said the badge on the front is the more important thing rather than the name on the back but I want him to succeed. I've always wanted him to succeed. Um, you know, I went out on a massive limb pre draft. I followed him since the Elite 11. I watched every single throw he made at Alabama. I thought he was a transcendent quarterback. Um, I advocated him as the best player in the draft class. And quite frankly, every time he steps on the field, I almost feel like I'm dying for him to sharp the outside noise. I'm dying for him to be special, to make every single throw. To prove that I was to prove that I was right, but also the, to prove that we've got this kind of guy finally, because we, there was so much that we put into Tank for Tour, and we did the T-shirts and all those sorts of things. But it's like being in a relationship with someone who you love, but you know it's not working. You know it's not going anywhere. There's nothing more you love than seeing their face and wanting to be with them, wanting to hang out with them but you know you're drifting apart and nothing you can do can stop it. And that's sort of how it feels, I think. You know, we needed him, like I said last week, I think I said on the show last week, that we would need Tua to be his absolute best to win this game, whereas the Titans did not need Ryan Tannehill to do that. And, you know... That's what showed up. You know, Ryan Tannehill was was effective, you know, threw the ball 18 times, but you know, critically important on rollouts, on getting him out of the pocket. Like I said, that was one thing we had to guard. You know, I wouldn't surprise me if they moved back to that sort of Arthur Smith offense where they got him out of the pocket on critical plays. That's exactly what happened. And for me, the mistakes that I'm seeing, the issues, you know, Chris will make the point later on about one in four games, one in five games. He looks so underprepared, so ill-equipped mentally to take on what's being thrown at him. And I just think, you know, he's been wildly inaccurate too often. Yeah, he, of course he's very accurate. He's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So that sounds, you know, slightly anomalous, you know, slightly weird, but the accuracy numbers are overinflated by the fact that he, there are so many short completions and that's fine. That's part of the offense. And I've made the point before that people have complained that he doesn't push the ball down the field and that it's almost like short passes are banned. But, you you know, you watch the games in isolation and you watch them together and you see incompletions and misses that shouldn't be there. When he has time in the pocket, like on Sunday, people are always complaining, yeah, but there's mitigating circumstances. We can't run the ball. We can't do this. We can't pass protect. He had a lot of time on Sunday. He had yeah,
1: they give up, up four sacks. But dare I say, this was as good a pass pro performance as they've had yeah. in maybe the best a couple of months. Performance
2: of all season, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, But when he has time in the pocket, he consistently sails balls too high. Uh, and mm. it's becoming a massive thing. He's done it consistently for weeks. Go back and watch the very first throw against the Ravens when he came off the bench. He has Kosicki wide open underneath and he sails it way over his head and behind him. And it's becoming a pattern. He plays too small too often. You know, we needed, at no point yesterday when we needed him most, did he look like a franchise quarterback. And the most important thing to me is he played small when we needed a giant. And that's the thing that really, really concerns me. In, in two seasons, he has yet to put this team on his shoulders. I have absolutely no faith that he could even be in a situation where he could drive a team down the field and win at the end of the game. Conditions need to be perfect for him. And I don't just mean the weather. But, you know, you're watching people complaining yesterday about, oh, you know, the ball was wet and he's never played in these conditions. And, well, we had the opportunity to wear a glove and he, he turned it down. You know, so that's on him. Chris will make that point later on. But also, we're not talking about... It wasn't the ice bowl yesterday. It was cold and it rained a little bit. But let's let's be realistic about what, what this was. You know, you watch the evening game against, you know, Green Bay against Minnesota, and you're watching Aaron Rodgers throw absolute dimes in minus 10 degrees. You know, yeah. 11, it was 11 degrees and with a ball like a brick. And yet he's, you know... Three or four of those throws to Adams were just like next level. And I know we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, but we can't talk about you know the weather conditions were the same for Ryan Tannehill. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. you know, that, oh
1: they managed that yeah. a lot better. Tannehill wasn't of course they did. Uh, of
2: course they did. Tannehill,
1: I think Tannehill completed one pass over over 12 yards, I believe, from sure, that game.
2: Sure, but you know, his arm strength is a concern. He one hopped two really easy passes yesterday, mm-hmm. one to Isaiah Ford, one to one to Mac Collins. You're know, like I don't understand how are you not completing this pass? you know do, do we ever consist you know, the intermediate level passes uh, the re, you know, the reason why he overshoots people is because he can't drive an intermediate level pass. He has to he almost has to throw it on a loop or he almost has to throw it up. So that guys are going to win contested catches rather than driving it through because he just can't do it. He just doesn't have the arm whip to be able to do it. You know, he struggles to get through his reads. The reason he looked bad against New Orleans was because New Orleans did shut down what his first read and he looked like a freshman in college. You know, that is an issue where he has to come off his first read. All of a sudden his feet get he looked panicked. His feet get you know, he's moving his feet, chopping his feet all the time. He doesn't know where to go with the ball. You know, there were times you see he ran out of bounds yesterday on a th- like on a big third down. It's just like uh, there was a there was a pass player, I can't remember which player it was, but one of the Dolphins beat writers, I think it's Marcel Louis Jacques, I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Um he said that um it might have been one of the short hot balls when Tua got out of the pocket you see they had Devante Adams wide a Devante Parker wide open down the sideline and just didn't throw it and to me that's just like you know you've got to take those I don't know I just you know I I, I am
1: (laughs) you have lost the words Uh, uh, I'm I'm,
2: I'm frustrated. As much as I was in three, four weeks ago, I look at, you know, you can't make an indictment on three games or four games or whatever. But as an overall, you, you can make an indictment on an overall class of putting together two, it's been two years now. You know, it's two years. And, and one of the guys in the OnlyFins chat made a really good point, which was that you look at his stats against the good teams this season New England, Buffalo, Baltimore, New Orleans, Tennessee. So all of the maybe Baltimore, probably not in the playoffs, New Orleans have a shot. He's 83 of 147. So 56% completion percentage, two touchdowns, four picks, 70% quarterback rating. You know, that is not good enough. That is not good enough. Now, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know whether or not, you know, it, the ceiling looks like at best top 15. Is that good enough? You know, do you have to surround him with so much, you know? but win
1: a Super Bowl. If he's top 15 and your team is good enough, you could win a Super Bowl. You could be a consistent winner.
2: I, 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 can't, I can't see. He's not going to win a Super Bowl, mate.
1: Oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm not ready to go there. But I will say this. A lot of people yeah. are talking about the physical limitations. I saw this man start the game and throw an absolute strike 24 yards down the field on his first pass play to Devontae Parker. Sure, I saw him... but he,
2: and he's very good on those. He's very good on those pre scripted early, early plays. But then he, even the good games he's had this season, Carolina, he disappears for two quarters. You know, he starts off well, he finishes well. And I disappears think he for has.
1: I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I do see from him, and, I, and I've done a very deep dive into his games the last few weeks, especially the last three, because I think the last three, uh, he hasn't been good, okay? He was very good the previous four of these last three. You saw that pass to Devontae Parker. You saw him make the, uh, the absolute strike, 55 air yards. That's a, that's a throw that the very best make to Jalen Waddell. He had a couple other throws that are pretty good, and you could see them in in, in a few of the games where he was actually bad. He has an issue breathing in a game, thinking the game, and being consistent with his mechanics and with what he is seeing in the game. More than once, I have seen Devontae Parker on the sideline, and I know what he's telling him because it gets back to the media all the time where Devontae Parker is telling him, you got to trust what you're seeing and throw the ball. Like, I know I look covered, but trust me. Yesterday, he was throwing it to Devontae Parker almost incessantly, but missing. And I'm talking about missing badly. And if you look at him, what's wrong with him is a lot of people are saying, yeah, the wet ball. Yeah, that's the problem. And, you know, but that's on him. He has to prepare for some of that. Okay? You have to talk to your equipment manager. You have to have a bushel of, of towels. For for almost an entire quarter, he had a towel that was completely black, which means it was covered in mud, which means it was completely wet. That's just not smart. That's just not smart by, by Tua Bailo. But one thing I've noticed, his mechanics have gone completely to shit. He is fading when he should be stepping into throws. When he's outside of the pocket, he's throwing off his wrong foot. Left-handers, throw off your right foot right-handers throw off your left foot. It's it's you know, it's it's physics. You know, unless you are Aaron Rodgers, he defies physics cuz he he does the weirdest things with his body and still manages to get the ball out there. But, you know, he's one of a kind. There's nobody else like him in the history of the sport. Uh, Mahomes tries to be, but he can't be. I think he needs schooling if he is going to be the quarterback going forward. And I don't think that this team has provided it. I think he needs a real quarterbacks coach. He needs a camp in the offseason. and he needs, he needs more work needs on his body.
2: So much work. He needs so much work.
1: Yes, because that, that that's a consistency issue. If you watch uh, Joe Burrow, is one of my my favorite guys to watch in the NFL, because this is a man, and I know we got you know we went back and forth on this, but I remember uh, in Ohio State the complaints on him was that he had just no, he, had, he, he had no arm. And there was an article I posted once, and I keep forgetting the guy's name, man. But he worked with a guy for two off seasons on his mechanics. And he improved his throwing mechanics so much that he gained almost 10 miles per hour on his his throws. To the point where he has at least, at the very least, an average arm and probably an above average arm. If you watch Joe Burrow, he is absolutely perfectly consistent. On all his mechanics, all the time.
2: Dan Orlovsky said it today, and I don't think he's particularly wrong. You know, Joe Burrow is probably a top five quarterback in the league already.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I I could agree with that, Uh, and over Herbert, in my opinion, I've had that hot take for half a year that I think he's better than Herbert because Herbert's just sexy. You know, you see the big sixty yard throws, and then the bullet pass on a twenty five yard, you know, post pattern.
2: the thing with Justin is consistency, which is different consistency to what we get with Tua, because mm-hmm. Justin's lows are no worse than Tua's lows, but his highs are significantly better, and that's the difference.
1: Yes, yeah, and 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 that's the problem. His physical, uh,
2: gifts, his physical talent is is you know, the, well he he
1: can, the he has that crutch. Tua does not have that crutch, and Tua a, plays the, like the, a guy that has that crutch, and he doesn't.
2: He doesn't have the arm talent. That's the difference.
1: Yes, like like he can make a lot of off, off platform throws. Like you know, he could throw sidearm if he has to. He just does not have the physical talent that Justin Herbert has to overcome some of those deficiencies. He needs to be almost a, almost like a scientist in the in the pocket. He has to be Drew Brees like. If you watch Drew Brees, especially toward the end of his, of his career, like his mechanics were also perfect. Why? Because they had to be. Because if they weren't. He'd be terrible. He wouldn't be good. He wouldn't be able to play in the NFL. Tua mm-hmm. needs to have that attention to detail, and he just doesn't have it. And it's he's obvious not he's not a student.
2: A, he's not. A, he's not a student. He's not a second or third read guy either, which is a real issue. Which is like, look, what I mean, the Titans. The, the Titans played it perfectly yesterday because they shut down Jalen Wardle. Tua didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue where to go. Mm-hmm.
1: And you, know? and you know, you know who who actually checks out with all the metrics. Isaiah Ford was running basically naked through the the secondary of the, of the Titans consistently all day, and uh, I believe he had one target. <laughs> okay, Tua, it's not kind. I don't know if you rewatched the game. Did you rewatch the game, Simon?
2: No, I I um, I'd rather pour acid into my eyes.
1: Well, I watched uh, the offense because I wanted to see Tua again um he just missed guys uh there's no other way to put it he missed people that were wide open consistently and it wasn't because he was throwing it at him and and you know they were making great plays on it no he was just not seeing it and th- there was one play the one that you're talking about Devonte parker was visibly upset on the sideline and he could see that he tried to be the good teammate and and then they got together they gave each other a hug They slapped hands and they said, no, no, we'll get them on the next one. Trust me. But there was a play where Janoris Jenkins, by the way, committed at least, you know, 30 or 40 PIs, (laughs) DPI's in this game. But I'm not going to complain about it because they just got, you know, your quarterback was not going to take advantage of it. All right. But not only was that an egregious DPI on that fourth and 11, which could have extended and probably made it a game, because if they go in there, it's 17 to 10. But. A few plays earlier on a previous drive, Tua goes out to the left. He has Durham Smythe in the short flat. He stares at him, and he doesn't throw it to him. And I'm pretty sure that he just completely you know, got baffled because if you look at the all-22, DeNorse Jenkins leaves Devontae Parker because he thinks that Tua is going to take off with it. And Devontae Parker is jumping up and down, down the sideline with his hands up, and there's nobody around him. If Tua could just get it to him, it's a simple little 25-yard pass. Maybe Parker scores. and not, it's at least a 50-yard gain. Tua does not see it, or if he does, he just didn't throw it. And Tua, what does he do? He runs right out of bounds for a two-yard game.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple of plays plays where he he just lacks patience in the pocket. There's a play... I can't think what it was. It was in the first half. It was in the second quarter and it was a, a broken play. And he had Gasicki. Gasicki was on a safe or on a linebacker and the safeties had split. And And Gasicki got caught up and then just started to break. And it, all it was is a little lofted pass over the top. And Gasicki walked in for a touchdown. It, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. It was the play where, I think it was the play where he, they tried to call intentional grounding and he threw it at the feet of the defender and it's just like, why have you got just just wait a beat later and then throw mm. it at the top? You got Kasiki for a touchdown, but also like you watch good quarterbacks, you watch Drew Brees, you watch Rogers, you watch Josh Allen. Who was I watching the other night that did it? Um, it was a game on Thursday? No, there wasn't a game on Thursday. I don't know what it was, but like quarterbacks just pointing to receivers where to go down the field, and it's just like just point to Kasiki, point where you wanted to go to. Yeah, like it's oh, I tell you who it was. It was Dak Prescott doing it. Um, last week, get to Michael Gallup, and it's just like, guys, like this is not fucking rocket science. It's uh, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. I mean, the coaching is bad. Like the the play calling yesterday was so bad that, that I mean that Kaseki pass, like that that was desperate. It was desperate. well at least
1: Kaseki showed that that he could get it out there. Uh, the guy has kind <laughs> of a he has an arm.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It was just it just seemed so desperate, and then to run the kind of the. The other one, the other sort of reverse pass play, flea flicker, fucking God knows what it was, on the same drive. It's just like what, you, like what are you doing? What plays are you calling? Like if it, it seemed really weird that like Duke Johnson had a fourteen yard run and then an eleven yard run and then he like got benched for like two quarters.
1: Duke, just, well, yeah Duke had 49 yards in, in uh what was he? he had 41 in the first half eight yards in the second half on two carries but he ended he ended up with seven carries for 49 yards like there's something wrong there
2: it's just stupid it's just bad play calling but look this all goes back to Flores this goes back to Flores and you know it's been a consistent red flag for me his inability to get any of his coordinators right or to stick with any of his coordinators you know whether that's stubbornness whatever that is but he just can't do it um you know, and uh, uh, but the, the thing is, it will. I can guarantee you that this time, twelve months time, we'll be sat in exactly the same position because Steve Ross isn't going to make any changes. He's not going to sack Chris Greer, and he should. He's not going to enforce. You know, he's not going to tell Brian Flores what to do about coaches, and you know, and somebody should. Uh, so you know, I know exactly what's going to happen this time, and we'll we'll be sitting going, oh yeah, it it, it was it was windy. And Tua couldn't throw it, and you know it's okay. Or you know, there was a little bit of there was a ground frost, and um, you know, it it affected his shoes. Or yeah, I mean, somebody said to me that there were, you know, Tua didn't play very well because Michael Pilardi's first punt wasn't very good.
1: Oh, he sucked. He he sucked, (laughs) but but I don't think he has anything to do with Tua. But he didn't help matters much in the first half, Michael Pilardi.
2: I I gave him the big up last week as well, and then he he came out and. (laughs) You know kick like it has a leg removed it's just like
1: yeah and, and, and once again we asked jason sanders to provide a little lift just a little boost before half and yeah. he couldn't deliver again
2: I mean, yeah I and mean, he's had such a bad year <laughs> like the, you know the punter needs the punter needs getting rid of the kicker needs some serious competition in camp um you know defensively we just you know we missed that as good as the move to move Jerome Baker from inside to outside has been superb but we need a you know you need a you need a a dominant inside linebacker three down inside linebacker and they just don't have it Um, you know and I've got to say there's got to be a I think there has got to be a serious conversation about just how worthy Mike Gasicki is in this offence Um, but we don't know
1: who's going to be the, the offensive coordinator, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: they're going to have a come to Jesus moment because I don't know if you saw Brian Flores, but I don't know if you saw any of the players at their press conference this week. This was a different team. Like these guys had the looks on their faces were stone. it, It was, they were stone faced every single one of them. Like this was not a jovial team. In, in these press conferences. Like, you could see that they were bothered by something, or, you know, right, rightfully so, because they have to have seen what they put on tape, I think,
2: today. Yesterday's, Yeah, yesterday's performance, I just think, was an indictment on that seven-game winning streak. To go into Tennessee and just lay such a such an egg like they did was such a, such a bad look, because what it does is it just justifies the conversation that we only beat shit teams, which we did, let's be honest. I mean, but... You know, you go to Tennessee and... But that's how know.
1: good records are built, you know. I, yeah, I keep yeah, saying but, this.
2: But you've got to... At some point, you've got to win a, a big game where the card isn't... Where the decks aren't really stacked in your favour. Do you know what I mean? You've mm-hmm. got to go on the road and win in Tennessee. Like, and for us to... For people to say, you know, oh, it was cold for tour and it was raining. Every year, we've got to go to Buffalo, we've got to go to New England, and we've got to go to New York. And you may well get those three cities... Um, you know in december or late november you know Mm -hmm. and and if it's going to be an issue that the rain is going to it's going to rain or it's going to snow or it's going to be cold or there's going to be a frost or you know the the sun will only shine for seven minutes during the game or (laughs) we might have a light drizzle that's not going to work you know do you know what i mean i mean yeah we could you know we could be drawn against you know we might have to go to lambo we might have to go to Baltimore in December, we might have to go to New England. We might, you know, all these places that we could end up going. It's not just gonna be fucking sunshine and showers every week. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, uh, no, no. And 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 remember, I go back with this team to the '80s. I remember Dan Marino games. Okay, it it, it used to always end that way. uh, Dolphin season used used to always end in the snow in Buffalo. You know, uh, somewhere cold, somewhere dreary. And I remember Dan Marino throwing for over 400 yards and four touchdowns and losing to Buffalo in a blizzard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it happens, but you know, I look at this team and and I guess we'll close here and then I'll, I'll bring on Chris, but I look at this team and they have some decisions to make. And I talked to, I asked you earlier and I sent you a, a little post, uh, he wins next week and who knows, uh, Belichick is saying that they get to pick their opponent with a win, which is true. They get to avoid the Buffalo Bills if they beat us. If they lose to us, they play the Buffalo Bills. So it stands to reason they should come down here and try to exact a little bit of revenge. Do they really want to lose four out of the last five to the Miami Dolphins? Do they want to lose three in a row to Tua? You know? So I think New England's going to give them a game. I think they're going to play as hard as they can unless they're down late and then they'll, they'll probably just pack it in. But I think they're going to play hard this Sunday. I, I asked you this. Let's say the Dolphins win for sake of argument, okay? We're going to be in a situation where it's entirely possible that Tua will lose his job for going 14 and seven with this team instead of 15 and six. And I think that the problem comes how do they explain the 14 and how do they explain the seven? You know? So sure. I'll ask you, how do you explain the 14 and how do you explain the, the seven? Is how many is, the is this a team that is being held back by its quarterback? It's or something. has he contributed to that good record when he plays?
2: He, of course, has contributed, but he has not contributed nearly enough. He's not been consistent enough. He disappears in games. And the the biggest indictment is what I said at the top. When we needed a giant, he came out small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I saw yesterday, having seen what I'd seen the previous two weeks, made me significantly concerned. And don't forget, I was one of the biggest backers of him coming out. Mm-hmm. It made me significantly concerned. And I, I also think quarterback wins is one of the most overstated, overrated, you know, measurements in sporting history. You know, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't play. Sports. He's not the kicker. He kicks a game win at the end of the game. He's not the. He's not the. You know. So he's also. You know, what What contribution to winning in terms of the greater picture did he make against New Orleans, for example? You know, he put us in a situation against the Jets that we didn't need to be in by his really bad play, by a pick six, by three and outs, by poor passes, by interceptions early in the game, by overthrow. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: No, I'm completely with you. I'm completely with you. Um, A lot of people were saying I'm just confused by how they're going to justify one move or the other, in my opinion. Okay. And this is just my opinion. I don't have any inside information on this. I think they're going to, they're going to go with the, they're going to explain away the 14 and seven by saying that they, that he was carried and that all he contributed was, you know, he took care of the ball when they needed him to take care of the ball, but he did nothing extraordinary. And I think that they're going to argue to themselves that that 14 and seven should have been at least 15 and six and had a playoff berth or even 16 and five and given them two playoff berths the last two years. I think they're going to argue that. I think that they're going to argue to themselves that a Deshaun Watson or a better quarterback than Tua Tungvalua would have given them the two extra wins. We're talking about two wins here, two wins over two years. Would have put this team in the playoffs two consecutive seasons. I think they're going to argue that, and I think this Sunday we might see Tua for the last time as the starter. Maybe he'll just stick around as the backup. I don't know. What do you think of that?
2: Um, I it's difficult because I mean, look, realistically, what's out there? You know, it's is three guys. Thing? It's three well,
1: guys, and then if you want to bring in a fourth guy, you know, I don't know how sexy. You know Matt Ryan is to you, but I think Matt Ryan is headed to, to Pittsburgh, it's almost a, a done deal. Yeah, but I, it's I, three guys it's Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson is almost a lock to the Giants, like that's happening.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, why I don't know why Russell Wilson would go to the Giants over the Dolphins. I mean, that's one of the most abject franchises of the last 15 years. Well, and, his
1: know. wife has a production company over there, well, and like yeah. that's the talk, you know, yeah, like she loves New
2: York, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Good for good for I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Ciara. Sierra. Ciara, yeah. Ciara. No. yeah. <laughs> good for Sierra. I mean, you know, he is the he is the true money. that that sounds so sexist. I'm not even gonna say that. That's that's an awful thing to say. But I, I do not think he's going to go to New York to be coached by Joe Judge on that absolutely horrendous franchise. Um but that's beside the point. Um yeah, I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. I think um you know Russell Wilson probably ends up somewhere, but I don't think it'll be New York. Probably won't be Miami either. They want Deshaun Watson. We know they want Deshaun Watson. They went as close as you can possibly go to getting Deshaun Watson. Steve Ross got him on the phone. Watson wants to come to Miami, um, but you know what's going to happen with these court cases? What's going to happen in terms of the NFL suspension? We just—that's the unanswerable question. Um, I think they will continue to try and pursue that in the off season, depending on what the legal situation is. Um, but if if they can't do that. You know, the draft is, you know, Carson Strong would probably end up with my top quarterback, but there's a, a significant question about the knee injury that he had where the 70% of the, of the muscle came off the bone and he's got, he's had three surgeries subsequent and he's got pins in it and all sorts. You know, Malik Willis is, has got tools, but he's so raw. Um, you know, Desmond Ridder has probably a third round quarterback for me. He's fine, but, you know, he's inconsistent and we've had two years of inconsistent. I like Sam Howell, but, you know, again, he's, you know, he kind of feels like a a Baker Mayfield type. Um, You know, Kenny Pickett feels like a one-year wonder. Matt Corral, I don't really trust. Um, You know, so it's probably not in the draft. And then you kind of – Desmond Ritter
1: didn't look like he belonged on the same field with those athletes at Alabama. And I don't think that this is a particularly great Alabama defense either. No. So I thought that was a, a huge red
2: flag. I don't have the answer. I, I I think the answer is probably Deshaun Watson, but I think we'll just have to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I think I think they'll, they're they're going to attempt to try to pull something off, like trading for Watson, and then Tua is the caretaker until until they get him out of here in favor of the of Deshaun Watson. So I think that that's what they're going to try to pull off. I don't think Tua is leaving in a deal. No, no, I no. think that he'll be he'll be here to take care of it while. Wilson. Watson who's, gets suspended, or who knows? Maybe he's not even suspended,
2: but he'll be the backup. Let's be realistic. You don't get a first-rounder for him.
1: No, he needed to finish stronger. Like, like If, if, if he was not, the quarterback from three weeks ago, if that continued, yeah, they could have gotten a first-rounder, but it didn't he'd continue. Out,
2: if he had come out, put the Jets away, played well – Against a bad team, if he'd come out against New Orleans and really change the narrative against a you know a team that was missing five six starters on that defensive side of the ball, you know, including you know defensive co-defensive captains in Malcolm Jenkins and, De- and Demario Davis, you know, come out and, and make a statement, and then come out even if you lost yesterday yesterday against Tennessee, but you played well, you lost seventeen fourteen or you lost 24-21, but to get blown out the way that we did, to just not contribute. To had he play- played
1: against Kansas City, like like he played against Kansas City last year?
2: Although he disappeared for a good portion of that game against KC. but yeah, yeah think- against Kansas City, he was
1: he did that thing again. He had a rush in the first quarter, and then he had a massive rush in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, but you know, had he put that type of game together, where Pat Patrick Mahomes is going for it on fourth and one to try to keep the ball out of Tua's hands because Tua was just going up and down the field scoring, you know, had he done something like that? Maybe had even fought hard. You know, had, had the dolphins fought the Titans yesterday, but the defense it's And it was obvious. The defense kept looking at the offense. Like, are you guys going to join us? Like any moment now, you know what I mean? Score was 17 to three when they completed that pass to waddle they're down at the 21 yard line. Yeah, fine. You get the DBP, the DPI, but there was three downs before that. Okay. If you're gonna complain about fourth and eleven, what happened on the first three downs? Okay. Yeah. Don't let it get to a fourth and eleven at the twenty one yard line. You know? Yeah. So they had plenty of opportunities and they they punch it in there. They could, you know, you tell the defense, okay, it's 17 10, it's a game, they don't score no more. That's it. Let's try to win this thing. But no, it's you know, three and out. Now another punt and another punt. Then then we're gonna start turning it over to make sure the defense is really behind the eight ball. So yeah, right. yeah very discouraging. I think that they're gonna probably do the they're gonna make the move. They're gonna, it's desperate times. I think they're gonna to have to try to explain away uh you know what happened the last two years. They're gonna look at that as a massive disappointment, especially if they win on Sunday. They win on Sunday, it'll be 10 and 6, it'll be 9 and 8, and then It'll be, you know, Stephen Ross is going to say, you were two games away in two years from making the playoffs both seasons. So you're one game away last year. You're one game away this year. Whose fault is that? How are yeah. they going to answer? They're going to answer with the quarterback. And I think that's what's going to change.
2: Thanks, uh, off-season.
1: It's going to be a fun offseason. season. Yes. <laughs> yeah to say yeah um yeah that's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun around here around here especially come march especially yeah. march get
2: kaufman on i'm done
1: yeah all right uh chris kaufman will join me in a few moments but first these words are you a south florida property owner with an insurance claim are you dealing with water mold or fire damage looking for a reputable fully licensed insured and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561 561- four zero eight seven eight three five water cleanup of florida and we're back and as promised chris kaufman hello chris hi <laughs> i just finished having a therapy session with uh with, with simon and i just and i just finished
3: a critical rewatch of karate kid too so i'm really prepared for this
1: okay perfect um I don't know how else to say this, but Simon is pronouncing to a dead. I would say, like it's over. It's pretty much over. And Man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose a question to you. I'm not pronouncing it over. Okay, I would. The funeral. I'm willing to give,
3: the funeral dirge. Yes,
1: I'm willing to how give you- it. A, I'm willing to give it a, another shot this coming season. I fear there will not be another shot. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with the same question I posed to him at the end. Okay. They win this week. It'll be ten and six. It'll be nine and eight, which means that they would have missed the playoffs well, by, by a grand total.
3: <laughs> I don't know if you pay attention to something happened over this weekend that uh, that that is probably uh, indicative of whether they're going to actually win this week or not.
1: Well, you know, uh, New England doesn't need <laughs> and the I'm, game. I'm not, they can, I'm they can, def- not- they could pick their opponent if they win the game. I guess.
3: And I'm not—I'm not referring to my fantasy championship game, which I did win. By the way, Q Aaron was uh was victorious. (laughs) We are the champions. That's the only game that really mattered this weekend to me. I don't know Uh, about the rest of you fools.
1: Yeah, but if they win this weekend, I still think they're going to win this weekend because I think maybe well, yeah. I mean, I think they're better than New England. I'm just flat out and say it, and they're going to be at home. They're going to be at yeah, home. I don't know. I don't so, know if they're tour, better than
3: New England, but they're at home. And I said this, I, did, I didn't I say literally exactly this on the podcast last week? It is hard to win against a good team in their way. own stadium, in their own stadium. I mean, it's just, it's just hard. That's That's a hard thing to do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I said, I even said exactly this. I will remind you all of this next week when the Dolphins... Are going to face the New England Patriots at home, and the New England Patriots are going to have to go on the road and try and beat a good team and a team. I I, I know we just got blown out by the uh, by the Tennessee Titans. I get it. I, I like but, that you
1: use the the you know the correct pronunciation that the great right. Emmett Smith provided us. Absolutely, Emmett Smith
3: handed this down to us, and and this is this is how it is to be said from here on. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I get what just happened this weekend, but. The Dolphins did just win seven in a row prior to that. They are a good team and they're playing at home. And if you're think about this from the standpoint of the New England Patriots, you're like, gee, you know, it's hard to go on the road into the house of a team that just won seven of their last eight and beat them. And if you un- and if you lose that game, you kind of understand it, right? You know, and so that's I'm just thinking about this from New England standpoint. Like if they they're, they're heading to this game thinking this is not going to be a gimme. You know, this is a good team in their own stadium where, you know, they're going to they're going to play us tough. And and if they if they win, you know, you, you kind of figure why. And, um, and I, I pointed that out exactly last week, all of that. And I said, we're going to lose this game against the Titans. And I'm going to remind you next week when the Patriots come and try to beat us in our home that it's hard to go into another a good team stadium and and win the game.
1: And like I was saying, uh, ten and six last year. Let's say they win this week, nine and eight, which means that a grand total of two games overall over two years, one game each year, would have put this team in the playoffs two consecutive years. Okay. Yeah,
3: I mean, but then I don't, I don't. I, I get it, but there's there's definitely a danger in playing all that would've game, you know, because hey, we we probably won some close games that could have gone the other way too. I, I just think I, I look at one very at this few season, close games, and that's part of the
1: problem. They lost, yeah. A well, lot that's of
3: close that's games. true, but but I think that I think that this year, you know, I just look at it and it's like it, it really is. Sometimes it's um, it's one of those so close but also so far away things because if you think about it. The Dolphins could be. Um, and we're talking about the Vegas, the Vegas Raiders game, which they went to overtime with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Um, and I, I don't think I'm I'm out on a limb, even though everybody is now down on Tua Tonga and I and I get it, but I don't think I'm out on the limb to say that you know Tua would have played better in the the Raiders game and the Colts games than Jacoby Brissett did. Um, would we have won the Colts game? I guess that it was really close, and I, I think there was the opportunity was there. But I get, you know, maybe let's let's drop that. But the Vegas game it goes to overtime. The Falcons game and the Jaguars game. I guess Simon's point: the Jags game shouldn't have even been close, and he's right. He's mm-hmm. you know one hundred percent right. It shouldn't have even been close. But nonetheless, you know, both fluky games that happen with walk off field goals. And the Jaguars game had that very weird thing where the referees seemed to actually be looking out for the Jaguars with Mm -hmm. that whole time play, the clock play, you know? Um, And it was just like, you know, the clock, there's no way that the timeout should have been called when the guy is like still going to the ground, you know, like he's giving himself and going.
1: Yeah. I said it that week. I said it that week. And and I guess I'll repeat it here in case people weren't listening that week. But uh, Urban Meyer told the referee on the sideline, we're going to complete a pass. He's going to get down and want to call timeout. The referee was running to try to stop the clock. That you stop it at one. I'm going to go ahead and Mm -hmm. call bullshit. (laughs) I mean, that's, I I get
3: it. Like, yeah, just because he told the referee what he's doing doesn't mean the referee is supposed to bend the rules and the rules on the give up. You know, when a guy goes to the ground and gives himself up, the rules do not, do not, say that you that you know the play is dead immediately when he hits the ground you know that is that is not the rule you know and and so but anyway anyway we got, so so there's that weird thing i think there was some weirdness in the in the falcons game as well um both games were played really before the defense found their legs and they started calling the defense like they did you know like they did a year ago like they started to in the second buffalo game which was close you know close for a lot of the game they lost the game uh, you know certainly and got outclassed by the buffalo bills in that game but the defense turned it around in that game and they finally got their heads out of their asses about how they were calling the defense and um and so you know you look at those three games and you're like wow we're 8 and 8 right now but kind of could have been 11 and five, you know, and, and 11 and five would have been tied with Tennessee and Kansas city for trying to be number one seed. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really that close. It's that close between what they are right now and, and an achievement that would be very good. Now I say that close and also, so that far away, because at the same time you would look at the losses, And you say, okay, we got thoroughly outclassed by the Buffalo Bills twice. We got thoroughly outclassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we got thoroughly outclassed by the Tennessee Titans. And it's like, so I guess even though we have this, you know, let's hypothetical 11 and five record, we're really not up to snuff. And that's what the naysayers would point out. And they'd have a point. And, um, and so, you know, there it's, it's a little bit, it's just weird how the game of football is, and that's that's the way the game of football is. Like it was, it was not, not a very big difference between eight and eight and eleven and five, but at the same time, a, probably a big difference between that eleven and five and being an actual championship contender.
1: Now, flip side to that is against the Buffalo Bills, the score was ten to three for for about two or three years during that game. At least it felt like two or three years in that game. Yeah the score was and against Tampa Bay people people just look at the final score we got absolutely mollywopped. score was 24-17 late in the third quarter okay
3: yeah, they were but they were outplaying us the whole time
1: they were but you know uh, you can see where i'm getting at okay i guess yeah, see yeah. it's 17 to 3 bomb gets completed they get down there they run three plays two of them were absolutely ridiculous they don't get the dpi but it was 17 to three. It's a game. They get a touchdown right there. You got a quarter and you're down a score. That's a football game against a very good team on the road. Is the argument going to be? And I asked Simon this and we kind of came to a conclusion. They're going to look at the games that they play with Tua. And if he wins this week, he'll be 14 and seven. It's entirely possible that he'll lose his job because he wasn't 15 and six, he was 14 and seven. Who are they uh-huh. gonna give credit to for the 14? Who are they gonna give blame to for the seven? And are they just gonna say our defense is good enough? If we had a better quarterback, we would have won like three more games. Is it gonna well, be as I, simple I think as
3: that? That it could be. Um, they could you could you could defend that because I think you know, somebody pointed this out just before we um um, I think it was Juan from our uh, Five Reasons group. Uh, you know, I think he pointed out just before that, you know, if you go back to, you know, week nine or the starting with the Texans game, you know, um, I think the defense was allowing, like, um, how many, how many was a, a, a seven-game win streak? It was allowing, like, 11 points a game or 12 points yeah. a game.
1: Yeah, they allowed 11 points a game, yeah. Yeah, it was Number like one a, in the NFL a, a, by the
3: way. Yeah, between between 11 and 12 points a game. And it's like and they scored some too, so I don't even know what that is on the net basis. Um so <laughs> yeah. like y- yeah, so y- you could look at that and you could be like, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was the defense like well, like, like you, you could say you could you could say this guy was essentially Trent Dilfer or Brad Johnson stewarding a team that was run by a league leading defense. Mm-hmm. um and and just you know ultimately now i don't think I, the mo of the defense it was the same way last year it was phenomenal until it wasn't you know and and then and and that's i don't know what that is about the flores regime or if there's something to be said there but um but in this case you know starting with the buffalo bills game probably in week eight the defense was phenomenal for um, how many games is that? Nine games. Yeah, but they were all they were well they were very mixed to bad in the previous seven games. You know, mm-hmm. Um well, mixed uh, to bad. Problem, no, pro- no, just not even mixed. Just straight up bad. Just straight well, up bad in the previous in the previous uh, seven games.
1: Yeah, but let's uh let's examine that. Uh were they really bad week one when they allowed 16 points? They were on the road yeah. against no against they, the were, they were team. they were
3: all right, they were all right. They were giving they were giving up a lot of first downs at the end there, but they were no, that was it. That was a that was the one good game in the previous seven games, but they were bad, they were not good against the Bills, certainly. They were not good against the Raiders, you know, they were not good against the Colts. Or I mean the Buccaneers dropped 45 on them. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars had no business scoring 23 on them. And then Atlanta Falcons had no business scoring 30 on them.
1: Although, against the Colts, I will say this they allowed three points in the first half, three. And then, isn't that that
3: a microcosm for the season? Like, you know, a great, great. The defense, the defense was flipping awesome for nine games this year. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. football is played on 17 games. You know that mm-hmm. nowadays, um, and it used to be 16. But so, so it's like, yeah, they only allow three points in the first half. That's awesome. That's great. But football is played in 60 minutes. You know, not not 30. And mm-hmm. so, I, I think there's something with the defense there um, brewing, and and it wouldn't honestly would not surprise me at all. I was talking with somebody an insider about this earlier. It really, wouldn't surprise me to see some sort of changes on the defensive staff. Um, because there was definitely some sort of backstory going on uh, with the defensive, you know, play calling toward the initial portions of the year versus how they started to call to to where the players are publicly commenting on it. And starting with the Buffalo Bills game that, you know, the way they were calling things started to change. And I think that magically you started to see, um, you know, Brian Flores with play sheets in his hand and, you know, in communication with people a little bit more and, and toward the second half of the year, I think. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see some, some changes being made in the coaching staff there. And, you know, that's, that's a big theme of the Flores regime and just constantly, you know, turnover amongst his, um, yeah, you, amongst can't, his staff. you can't
1: hide from, from video. And on Sunday you could see the first touchdown. Okay. And I know what they're talking about. I know what they're talking about. Cause they 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 fired the guy off of off of the weak side, and usually that's where you're gonna run the, the play action to a tight end. So you're supposed to have that guy in the flat. Josh Boyer and Brian Flores were going at it pretty hard. I don't know if you saw it on, yeah, on the sideline. It. Okay. I and I knew exactly right away because w- once they put the replay, because you know it was a touchdown, so they show the replay. I'm like, yeah, that's that, you know, that's field side. Uh that guy's supposed to be in the flat. You're not supposed to mm-hmm. fire that guy off the edge. Because yeah. we fire that guy off the edge, the tight end, all he does is he gives him a little shove and he goes out to the flat and it's a touchdown. Nine times out of nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, nine times out of 10, because one, you know, you'll drop one. Somebody will drop well, one. Yeah, and,
3: or the quarterback will just, you know,
1: yeah, screw up the pass,
3: misfire it or something.
1: Yeah. But come on. You saw them. Uh, and, you know, the evidence is there on, on video. You saw it all year. Uh, yeah. Ryan Flores didn't have a play sheet for, like the first six or seven games. All of a sudden, he has a book in his hand. Yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah. then the offensive line, the 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 fiasco that I mean, the well, not the offensive line, the offensive coordinators, the fiasco yeah. that was the offensive coordinators. Nobody knows who's calling the, the plays, but all of a sudden, when it goes good, everybody's like, Oh, yeah, yeah it was Gotzi. It's Gotzi.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a backstory there. I wish we'd have a, be we could be a fly on the wall to figure, you know, to, to hear what was actually going on with that. Cause I think everybody wants to know there's, there's three, essentially there's two offensive coordinators, but three play callers and Oh, by the way, Brian Flores might be sticking his paw in there too. Um And so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah I, he I gave that Tua
1: and Charlie Fry a, a pile of shit. <laughs> yeah oh
3: definitely um well and and they and it was much deserved but um but i think that uh i think that there's clearly a mess there with the coaching staff on offense but we know about that i think that when when josh boyer parts ways with the dolphins and then matt patricia comes and replaces him, that might come as more of a shock or something like that i'm not not that this is going to happen um and personally i don't even know that i want it to happen i just but um but there could be some changes on, on that side of the ball uh, defensively. But I think that, you know, this team is ultimately far away from from competing for the real thing. And um, and and even if they did, even if all the breaks did go in their favor and they went eleven and five, you know, they're still far away. And um, and I think that that's the disappointment is we, we expected to be better than that. A lot of us did. We got. Two guys on defense that um, two rookies on defense that came in made immediate impacts right away. One guy on offense came in made made immediate uh, impact as a rookie, and still, you know, still we're not we're not close to good enough. And and I can't I can't really blame people for looking at that and saying, well, look at what this team was supposed to be. And it's still not, and they and look at what came through for us, you know, in terms of Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, and Javon Holland, and yet we're still not close. Like we're still not really close to being for real. And, and it's hard not to get some of that shit on the quarterback's shoes, you know. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, I, I see it. I see what I see. What people are saying there, you know, you, you can't just you can't just perennially justify keeping Jay Fiedler around right yeah um it's just it's just is he really Jay Fiedler at this point um you know that's that's where we that's where we come up with debate and we you know where I where I I try and remind people to stop being prisoners of the moment um and and really evaluate the thing as a whole because um you know and I I think that sometimes We are most like every, we breathe, we live and die on like every single pass. We declare, we declare him dead or arrived on every single pass. I've seen it in the chats. I've seen it on Twitter, you know, and, um, and right now everybody's disappointed. The season has just ended. So everybody is just like fired up, get rid of this guy. He's awful. You know, I I get it, but, um, but it's football, unfortunately is a lot more difficult to manage than that a football team is and you can't just go to walmart and get one of these guys so some people are going to be disappointed
1: yeah uh i look at the the team and it's funny you say jay fielder because i remember the debate you know and those defenses were so good and then you had and then you had the (laughs) the the second kick in the balls which was you had the best running game in the nfl <laughs> with an mvp candidate and ricky williams and yeah, you look man. around you're like why aren't we in the super bowl if we have the number two defense and the number one run mm-hmm. game yeah and, and, it's, and it was hard two, yeah it was I,
3: hard not to not to look at that i mean they didn't have receivers yeah. either but um
1: well chris sorry. chambers
3: is- well there's chambers but i mean he was you know he didn't really arrive, arrive and become a start to become a complete player until a little bit later on, I think. And, um, and also, I mean, it's eerie how similar the situation is where, you know, they, they didn't make the playoffs that year because Jay Fiedler actually got injured and his backup quarterback was, was much worse as, as insufficient as you would say that Jay Fiedler is. And, and I think he was probably underrated by some people, but, um, as insufficient as he was, when he went out, it was so much worse. And that that actually cost them the playoffs. And, and, and you could say the same here. Like Tuatunga to Valoa, as much as he played like a second year, who was, you know, really kind of played a little bit more like a hybrid first second year because he didn't even have an offseason the first year. Um as you know as insufficient as he was when he went out it was even worse markedly worse and they they couldn't win a game you know they couldn't they couldn't win, they couldn't beat anybody they couldn't beat you know the the raiders or the colts or they couldn't even be competitive against the bills or buccaneers
1: mm. now you know i got into this with, with simon and we kind of came to the same conclusion there's going to be questions asked and the owners going to ask especially if they win this weekend, 10 and six, nine and eight. So you mean to tell me that, you know, you're a game away each year, each year from getting into the playoffs, which is what I've asked from day one. I wanted to be a perennial playoff team. Okay. Why can't we achieve this? In my opinion, I think there's only one thing that they're going to, they're going to do. They're going to blame the quarterback and really, I, I th- yeah, I think so. I think, Who's Brian Flores gonna blame then? Blaming,
3: it's, blaming the quarterback. Say, blaming the quarterback that you just hypothesized being
1: fifteen and or fourteen and seven. Yeah, because I think they're gonna say the defense was fourteen and seven, or the defense was fourteen and zero, and Tua was zero and seven. I think that's what they're gonna try and say. Okay. I think they're gonna say that he was carried by this this defense, and that if he was a little bit better, that fourteen and seven could be sixteen and five and they'd be in the playoffs two years in a row. So, I think they'll blame the the quarterback, which means maybe I I think I, I, think, th- Chris th- Rear- I think the
3: obvious is the obvious though. I think the obvious is the obvious. It's the offensive line. They're going to look at they're going to look at that I mean, everybody has has seen this offensive line be be hmm. horrid for most of the year. Uh, with maybe some brief pauses uh here and there, but like, you know, they've seen the offensive line be be abysmal for that long. They saw, you know, on the on the wide receivers unit I mean, think of how many games we played this year, like trying to get Will Fuller back when he and he never came back. Devontae Parker's out too. Uh, you know, then 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 who are we playing? It's just Jalen Waddle. It's just Jalen Waddle, and that's what. Yeah.
2: You know,
3: and, and then even now, you know, we we'd say, well, and Mike Gesicki, you know, he's he's elite and all that. Well, he didn't end up playing. He didn't end up really putting together an elite season, and I I'm not sure that I'm. He slowed down. You know, they slowed
1: down by like week. Twelve, I believe he went
3: in. The yeah, program. and you know what, and and you know what, there's there's enough in his own play, you know, as far as um whether you're looking at drops and and stuff like that, and you know, there's there's enough there to be like, you know, okay, well, he didn't, it's he didn't keep it up like a Travis Kelsey does or some somebody like that, you know, he he just didn't, and um and and they continue to use him as a part timer too. And and they continue, which which shows that they view him to be, you know, shows what they think of him. Um, And so I think that they're going to look at it and say you had a shit offensive line. You had no running backs. Their two best running backs were guys that they picked up off the uh, off the waiver wire, Mm -hmm. you know, and late in the season. picked them both up late in the season. They ended up the number one and number two quarter uh, running backs for the for the team. And you got that and an abysmal offensive line and Jalen Waddles, your only consistent weapon uh, for, to, to throw the ball to the only consistent one anyway, and they're going to, he's going to look at that and he's going to be like, and you got three, how many play callers Steve Ross is going to be like, how many play callers did you have? How, How much turnover have you had on the offensive coaching staff? Who is choosing these offensive linemen? You know who's evaluating this? How come we have offensive linemen that leave the team and go play better elsewhere? How come we have offensive linemen that, that you know play like play like crap? How come we hit we can't we can't choose an offensive lineman in the draft to save our lives, unless unless he falls into our lap, you know, because of a weird gas mask thing? Um, yeah, you know, who, those are the questions that. Are, I mean, yes, they're gonna they're gonna talk about the quarterback, but there's so much more obvious things and low hanging fruit to talk about on that offense, and 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 you know, even on the defense, like where's Noah Igbogany? You know, word, he's nowhere to be found, and I think that's... he's um, getting I yelled
1: think, at by Denny Cross when the special teams go. Yeah, basically, I mean, that, you know, that, that shows it. Yeah, you know, you know that Noah Igbogany is also a bad special teams player. Which is, <laughs> I, I decided to watch some snaps because I, I noticed that he kept getting bitched at. He's, he's I'm not a, good. <laughs> like, he's a little bit sad. He doesn't about keep that. his lane. He doesn't keep his lane. And then when he, when he breaks off, look, it's, uh, special teams are very simple. All right. You got to run in very straight lines. And when the play is away from you, you got to run in another straight line, but at an angle. And at a specific angle, they drill this incessantly. Mm. If you get out of that angle, you screw things up. You can also run into your own guys, as um, Noeg Benagani does that. He's yeah. he's a poor special teams player. Yeah, okay. he's, I mean that, and that one, you know, that's
3: egg on my face. I thought he was going to be a good player. I'll, I'll be honest, and um, I thought he was going to be a really potentially a really good. Well, corner. I think this and is his he's, cut he's, year. Uh, this nothing, year coming up, he's, he's not even close. So
1: forget yeah. it. This is his you cut know? year. If he's going to make it, it's this year, or he'll be cut this year. I, I, yeah. I
3: firmly believe that. Well, he's still cheap, right? So yeah. as long as they're still cheap, they bring him back to camp and give him another, give him another go. But, you know, Josh Boyer, especially if he sticks around, like Josh Boyer doesn't have it for guys that are high pedigree, but underperforming, mm-hmm. like he loves the low pedigree, overperforming guys. He loves Nick Needham, uh, mm-hmm. the Nick Needham's of the world. Um, and, and he, abs- and he seems to hate the no egg So So, um, you know, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah to it to though is he going to show is she going to shoulder the exclusive blame and say you know hey that's why we're that's why we're not content i i don't know because you know i mentioned that even if they had gone the 11 and 5 they would still be far away right they would still be far away from contending with the likes of the tennessee titans the Tampa bay buccaneers the buffalo bills they'd still be far away um I kind of think about that, and I was like, okay, well, you put Deshaun Watson behind this offensive line. Mm. And uh, even with the defense that we're talking about, I mean, Deshaun Watson is not going to magically fix the defense in the first seven games of the year. You know, that was the coaching staff that made some mistakes there or the and the defensive players who were not playing well. You know, so, so put them – so give him give him half a year of this good defense. And I'm sure he would have also gone on a nice seven game winning streak too. Um, you know, give him half a year of a shitty defense, basically. And this offensive line, especially the offensive line, you know, back then. I mean, the dude. Last time he played, he suited up. He did only win four games. People are. This, this. this, He's not. It's not like you just just have his name on the roster means you automatically win. You're automatically a winning record. Mm -hmm. You know. So, so would we be? Would we be championship contenders? No, no. I'll flatly say it. No, no, we wouldn't be right now. Um, We might be closer to that eleven and five instead of the eight and eight, but we wouldn't be championship contenders.
1: This team is is half a team. It's 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 incomplete. I love this defense. Like it's talent laden. Like there's a lot of talent on the defense. Yeah, but which probably defense missing, do you like? It's probably missing some. Well, I like the players.
3: You know. No, but I mean, like, it, doesn't it deserve to be said? Like, okay, isn't it isn't it all too convenient for us to say I love this defense and, and, and be talking about from week eight to week seventeen?
1: no i understand i understand the inconsistency but i I look at the talent and i think it's up to to floors to get them to play better earlier you know in fact two i correct i
3: correct myself week eight to week 16 because week 17 they've sucked Mm -hmm. yeah they were not i mean they got they got blown open this was this this defensive performance was very much in line with the bills defensive performance against the patriots in that high wind Mm -hmm. you know like uh like the conditions weren't quite as extreme here as that one, because that was really extreme. But in both cases, the team that adapted better to the extreme conditions um, and, and gave more heed to the extreme conditions won the game. And in the Patriots, Bill's case, you know, the Patriots just went full-blown. We're just, I mean, they asked Mac Jones, what, he, he threw two passes in the game or something like that? and um taking one away <laughs> yeah oh sorry and um and and they just ran all over the bills and you know emasculated them and uh and in this case you know i looked at the game the relative game plans of both the the dolphins and the titans and what they were doing and the titans had more respect for the conditions and adapted to them and said, OK, well, this is this is how we're going to we either, you know, sort of that burn the boats mentality. Like we're mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it or we're not going to do it at all with, you know, the power run game. And because this, these are the conditions to do that and we're not going to ask a lot of Tim Ryan handheld, especially in the first half, especially like early in the game when he's still trying to, you know, still trying to get used to the conditions. Um, and, and meanwhile, the dolphins came out there like, you know, the, the bills lost that first, that game against the Patriots because they still, they had Josh Allen and they were arrogant and they were like, Mm -hmm. well, we got Josh Allen. He's got the strongest arm in the NFL. He can cut through this wind and we can, we can go passing the ball and we can go doing these things. And, um, and they lost the game because they made that decision. Well, in this case, we lost the game because we still were trying to have Tua a tongue throw the ball all around when he can't fucking take a snap from under center because, uh, because of the slick, uh, the slick ball, he can't, why he can't, he can't pull the ball back to throw a pass without going empty hand, you know, and, and a fumble, the ball is so slick. And he's obviously so unable to handle it for whatever reason. And we can speculate on that, but, but the dolphins still went out there slinging it anyway. And, and they weren't asking, they weren't asking him to throw unchallenging, easy passes either, necessarily. Nope. And so, you um, know, or Jacoby Brissett, when he comes in on fourth and one and throws a deep bomb, you know,
2: they were, brilliant and, and all these, all these, oh, were all these
3: brilliant, triple, triple handoff chicanery, Mike Gesicki pass plays and shit that like Jacoby that.
1: Jacoby Brissett bomb to Waddle was a brilliant, Play. If you look at the design of the play, they released. It wasn't a
3: brilliant play. It was low percentage, and and oh, what happened they on got, a low percentage yeah, they, play?
1: Zero. No, but they got one on one on it, and well, they they got a, a roughing the pass Give a call. shit.
3: They didn't get the first down.
1: No, they got the first down. They got a
3: penalty. Well, um, no, they didn't. They didn't earn the fucking first down.
1: Well, Jacoby Brissett would argue that his neck almost almost being broken is earning the first
3: down. It's, it's it's irrelevant to whether the play was a success. The play was not a success.
1: Well, it popped. You got Waddle wide open with, with with one. The play guy. was
3: not a success. A low percentage pass is a low percentage pass for a reason. It's not just low percentage because the quarterback's not always gonna get it there.
1: Mm. Well, it's the it's wrong low percentage.
3: It's low, it's no, it's low percentage for a reason. I mean, he got it there. There's nothing, say nothing about Jacoby Brissett on that, Mm -hmm. but a low percentage play is a low percentage play for a fucking reason. And it's not just because you're, you worry that the quarterback's not going to get it there accurately. It's everything. It's, it's about the receiver being able to finish a play, a low percentage play like that too. Or about things that could get in the way even before the quarterback can launch it there. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that can go wrong on a low percentage play. You don't go out there in a fourth and a fourth and short like that and run that. That's fucking stupid, you know. And I I'm, I'm sorry, but it is. Dumber, and so
1: the that or the after completing the bomb, the waddle running that whatever the hell that thing was. <laughs> oh God the Gasicki and you know all the all the different trick play. yeah i don't know what that that, i don't know what they were of. trying to accomplish with that i was entertained I it, though it, it was, it was so, the most entertaining seven seconds of it was the, game. the most
3: entertaining and embarrassing thing i've ever seen um it was it was just and and this is just the the absolute hubris of of these guys in those conditions was amazing it was stupefying it was stupefying to go out there in those conditions and try and run a game plan like that and 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 plays like that thinking that this like- is this is all going to work out whereas the Tennessee Titans are like yeah this is this is really bad conditions we're going to power run you to death and ask our quarterback to you know roll out do roll out do some easy play actions and um you know and we're going to win that way and they did yeah and i the, think the Miami team, saw the that, team that the Johnson. team that was stupid lost
1: yeah but you saw i think that miami saw that duke johnson was averaging seven yards a carry
3: <laughs> and, and decided
1: had, to not play him anymore yeah yeah there was a point where where duke johnson had 41 yards in the first half you know you got an eight in the second half on like two carries yeah like, and they just didn't play him. yeah they, they decided you know what uh, duke is headed for a hundred yard game so we're not going to give him the ball anymore <laughs> yeah like i don't get that like the how team, the hell is that possible the smarter team the
3: smarter team won the game Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's 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 on a lot of people, you know. That's Absolutely. That's not just, that's, Look, uh, not just people, on the quarterback. People it don't, is on the quarterback in that he played terribly.
1: Yeah, people think but, that, that you know, you get bad weather conditions and, you know, you're going to have a slugfest. It's going to be, you know, six to three. And it can be that, okay? It can, be, can that. be But you know what it could also be, right? You can have bad footing. And we have bad footing. The offense knows where they're going and the defense doesn't. And oh, that's why you call game. slants and you call counters on your run game. Okay. Oh,
3: remember this, but not, but you know, in, with wet ball conditions, it's, it's, it's very different. I think um, snow game, there was a snow game that uh, the dolphins played. And I remember that the, the, the bills just passed the ball all over us in that game. Um, it was Ricky Williams versus, versus uh, I want to say drew Bledsoe in the snow. And um, and, Ricky ran you know, for like we, 250. We, i remember we we ran for like 250. It was power run game for us, but on the other hand, it was snow game. It was you know bad footing for the corners and stuff like that for the other guys. But the fact of the matter is, with the wet ball, um, we in the, the the cold. I mean, it's not just that it's wet. It was cold and wet. The cold ball means that it's hard as a fucking rock, right? And, the, and then when you add slush on top of it, it just becomes slick, you know? And, and so I think that in those conditions, one team knew what to do. The other team had no fucking clue what to do, which is surprising since all these including guys Tua, including Tua, England.
1: whose towel kept getting darker and darker and muddier and muddier. Yeah. Like he understands that they have like 200 towels on the side. I'm like, change yeah, your towel every procession, please.
3: Or wear a glove or something. I mean, it, it, these guys are paid millions of dollars to know what the fuck to do in in those uh, situations and not to perform like that, not to call games like that and um and that's and unfortunately, they just all shared a big fat turd of a game <laughs> together uh, communally.
1: yeah, so you don't think so you don't think uh come March, they're gonna. Look around and say, you know what? We're going nuclear here, and we're gonna go. You get mean with co- a top, quarterback? Yeah, a top five quarterback. Yeah, who? Deshaun. Deshaun Watson is obviously the only one that. You mean
3: Deshaun Watson, the guy that's being accused by two dozen women of sexual yes. assault and rape? Yes, that one. That guy. That guy. That guy's the guy that still might have a a multitude of. Um, misdemeanor charges going against him, which will open the door for the NFL to do, to, uh, to do a suspension against him.
1: Yep. That guy. And remember the the
3: NFL will suspend the NFL will suspend on the totality of the case. They're not, they don't have some formula. That's like, oh, well, it's just got misdemeanor. So he's only getting one or two games. Like they're going to look at the totality of the case. They're going to look at his behaviors at what he, what he led, all of the, all of the information that they have. And they're gonna and they're gonna also have every women's group under the fucking sun on their ass about this whenever when it when it finally comes back into the spotlight.
1: Yeah, you know, I think yeah, exactly. That guy.
3: That <laughs> yeah. guy. Well, I mean it, it is possible. And I but and I, I can see the I can see the scenario. I just happen.
1: That. Hold on a second. I see the scenario I could see the scenario where they trade for him and they have to uh nurse the position the position while Watson serves whatever suspension
3: unfortunately yes the team is that arrogant and probably that wrong-headed to to try and and get away with something like that I don't think it's going to be good for the team but um it it is possible has any can can you remember can you remember
1: at any point and you're a lot older than me You say that as if I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I have a foot in the grave already. (laughs) I I was fucking with you. Um,
3: So, can you remember at any point, at any point in NFL history, um, a player being traded for, being traded from one team to another, that had been accused by dozens of women? Of sexual assault like like let's not even say dozens because clearly that's never happened before but let's even call it a dozen Mm. you know let's cut it in half just for just because what the hell um can you remember that ever happening how does a team how does a team turn around and talk about this to their fan base that they're trading for him, that they're trading all of these assets. We're not talking about bargain basement price.
1: No, you're talking top dollar here.
3: Talking top dollar. We're talking three to five or three or four first round picks, something like that. Mm -hmm. At least three. At least, you know, how do you turn around to, how do you turn around and, and explain that and explain that to people? Like real talk, like how do you turn around and explain? It? When have we ever seen? I mean, we've seen teams stick with a guy, even though he's run into run into some serious trouble that way, right? Mm-hmm. They already had him. Like they already had him, and they're you know, they probably already paid him sunken cost, and and they, they stick with a guy. But have we ever seen like another team go out and pay top? dollar for it i mean i I, think about this michael vick i mean i I know some people will say this you know what he did was despicable i'm not i'm not in any way trying to um trying to to say that it was bad or or that it wasn't that bad but but at least that that wasn't sexual assault on humans no
1: and he said this time
3: He's, and, yeah. and he, and he, and he, and he served his time and the, the Philadelphia Eagles, when they did get him, they, they, they got him for, a, for a song, right. They mm-hmm. like that was cheap. That was, that was a proper reclamation project, right. It was cheap mm-hmm. and they still had to justify it, but I mean, it was still, but it was, it was cheap. It was understood. When have you ever seen marquee acquisition top dollar acquisition with this much baggage surrounding the guy ever in NFL history there's only one there's
1: only one case I can point to and people are going to say oh but that happened later Aaron Hernandez out of Florida they used the second round pick for and there were I I believe
3: nothing was publicly known about him
1: well a lot of teams did there was 27 teams that had him off their board because his reputation at Florida was disastrous. privately known that he was a bad egg nobody knew nobody thought he was a
3: murderer, I don't think right well, they thought he was a gangster. they thought he was a gangster yeah I, well and then that he might be a murderer I guess but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yes. it, I mean it, nothing, New nothing England, was, of all people nothing committed was publicly a second round pick. nothing was publicly known about him though no, just they didn't have a, to justify that he's a to bad anybody. Dude. Yeah. They didn't have to justify that to anybody. They didn't have to justify that to a single soul when he was drafted. Not a single person. I, I I don't think anybody questioned it. And it was and and it was just a second round pick. But I mean, I don't think anybody questioned it. There's I cannot I can I can't even fathom there being a comparison. To this in NFL history, and the Dolphins are going to or the Dolphins are going to do this. Well, I, I I happen to wonder about that because Steve Ross is he basically is on record at this point, almost on record, um, as having already vetoed this. You know, because according to all the sources that came out of the team, it was when it came to Steve Ross's desk, and he still ha- and Deshaun Watson had this, I mean, and mind you, this is team sources, right? This is not Houston sources. This is not, this is the team's official byline, essentially official unofficial byline was that when this graced Steve Ross's desk, he said, no, you know, that's what went out to Peter King. You know, that's what went out to to some other, some other trusted sources um, that when it's crossed Steve, Steve Ross's desk, he's the one that said no we're not doing this. So he's already sort of on record, officially unofficially saying no to this. Um, does it got really change? I got does it really you. change between now and then just because he gets, he gets, he pays off a bunch of uh, a bunch, you know, he pays a bunch of hush money to, um to, to have this go away. Does this really does that really change things so much between now and then? And especially when now you've got the league weighing in, mm. the league finally gets to take this on. The league hasn't had to take this on. And they're like, thank God, thank God Houston's not playing them and we don't have to do shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, but I got then another the league.
3: One. Then it becomes the league's problem.
1: Yeah. I got another one. I got another one for you. 1984, September. Okay. Miami dolphins. Okay, they have Dan Marino. They have Super Bowl aspirations. All right. Uh, Second week of the season, they traded a second-round pick to the San Diego Chargers for Chuck Muncy. Uh, For those of you out there that don't know who Chuck Muncy is, think – give me a good running back. Uh, What is he?
3: Cecil Collins? No, 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 Cecil no. Collins is the other
1: is no, A good the, running the back in today's day really that make. that actually you know what he, he you know what perfect example at the time he was the sixth leading rusher in the NFL in NFL history, but he had an injury history. Imagine that you trade for uh, Ezekiel Elliott week two okay. of the NFL season. All right, Zeke Elliott pretty big move, right? Okay, problem was that Chuck Muncy had a reputation of being a bad guy, a really bad guy. Right. Okay, he actually died later on, I believe in a murder. Okay, Mm -hmm. they traded a second round pick for him. He got here and he did a press conference with Dan Marino, by the way. Now Marino has himself a a star running back. He failed the initial drug test to get into the league uh, to, to play for cocaine. And he had a serious cocaine problem. Dolphins had to void the trade. They had to go to the NFL to void the trade and get their second round pick back after he had already had a press conference and had a uniform. He was going to wear number 47, by the way. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, does that,
3: does that really come? The, the only, the only comparisons I could really come up with were Cecil Collins. And that was like what a fourth round pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: That was, yeah, that was a fourth round pick Cecil Collins for, I'm sure round that there's pick, one but that's out not, there that's
3: somewhere. not, well, the only other one is Lawrence Phillips.
1: Yeah. Because the
3: allegations against Lawrence Phillips were at that time, um,
1: well, there's a couple. The if we're gonna if we're gonna go down that road, Jamar Chase has has some ugly stuff. Joe Mixon dropped around with his stuff. Remember, yeah, and Joe Mixon but, had video. Joe Mixon, there was video of his assault.
3: Yeah, there was there was a video.
1: Well, I don't want to get
3: into this, the particulars of that, but. Um,
1: the point is teams there's, teams will do desperate things when when they want a player. Trade three first-round
3: picks for a guy oh, that's, that's got three, you know, three for that's crazy. two dozen, two yeah, dozen I allegations. Do that. Like, that's I mean, it's
1: just, he has to be completely clean to trade in. No, anybody.
3: but there's, there's no th- – and this is the fallacy. Okay, if he's completely clean, then we can trade for him. There's no completely clean after this. it's It doesn't exist. It's a fallacy. It doesn't, it is not a status that, that, that actually exists. He is not completely clean ever again. He's been accused by dozens, you know, I'm pointing at my, I'm pointing at my mouth, like in Christmas vacation, uncle Lewis, like dozens of women of sexual assault and rape. Okay. I don't know. We're going off on this too much, but I mean, there there is no, there is no complete, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist from here on. You know, there's no, this isn't an innocent until proven guilty game. There's evidence, there's testimony, there's dozens of women. This is not some secret cabal of women who found each other on Craigslist and decided they're going to get together and ruin this guy's life. Okay. Um, He's untradeable to me. He's untradable to me. Under the, and, under
1: the current circumstances, he's absolutely untradable.
3: And under any circumstances, there isn't there isn't there isn't a credible circumstance from here till the end of time in which um, in which you can say that he is clean and no and, and is now magically free of these circumstances. There, there isn't. And, you know, I'm sorry to say that, but there isn't. It doesn't exist. And so I wonder about this because Steve Ross is already kind of officially unofficially on record, having said, having vetoed the idea. And now you're going to have, you're going to go into the off season and with the NFL trying to weigh in after whatever happens with the criminal cases happens. I think there's going to be misdemeanor charges. Um, I'd be very surprised if there are not. Once there are misdemeanor charges, the NFL gets to weigh in, and they're gonna they're gonna make him miss all or part of the season, and the Dolphins are gonna pay are gonna be looking at paying three or four first round picks for a guy who's gonna miss all or part of the season, and who has who has this rap.
1: Yeah, and, uh, grand jury's meeting and, by the way at, at the end of, of January, and right. I have a legal and, source and, that's telling me to watch the results of that. But that's gonna yeah, tell and you so and so. To- so
3: and so I think that, I think that we're going to be facing this. And, and ultimately I think that it's going to be so sour that the dolphins will say, no, mm-hmm. they'll say, no, thanks. They did already. Mm-hmm. They did say already, ultimately, this is so sour. This is such a sour pill. We can't do it. We can't do it. Otherwise they would have, because they were in very serious discussion. They were very serious about this. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I also, I also think the dolphins I kind of were, I
3: kind of think history is going to repeat itself there.
1: I think the dolphins were also trying to I, I I gave this analogy before trying to buy a Ferrari for, you know, 50,000, you know what I mean? It's so cheap that it's could such be. a good deal, like let's could let's get this. It could be. But also keep this in mind. Like so many things could
3: go wrong with this. What keep to keep this in mind, um the the more attractive this gets as far as, you know, things being cleared and, you know, so on and so on and so forth. The more uh bidders are gonna come to the table.
1: Yes, that's been my and, contention all along.
3: And then and then what? You know, I kind of think Nick Casario, he's got that history with Matt C- Castle where he agreed with the Chiefs on a price, and then the Broncos came in like you know, a day late, essentially, saying with a with a, a better bid. And and he said, I'm sorry, I've already agreed with the um the Chiefs on this this price. Uh, if if it's true that he's already agreed with Miami on the price of uh, of Deshaun Watson, then you know there is a possibility that he will that he will stick with Miami on this, even though other teams could start to outbid them. And Miami does not have the best; they're not the best positioned in terms of draft and draft assets and stuff to to get them. But um, but let's are. say they do. Let's say, let's say let's say that they um, they do get outbid by somebody is Nick Casario going to stick with the dolphins just out of some loyalty there. Um, You know, I don't, I don't necessarily know. I mean, we can speculate that that would be true, but I don't necessarily know that would be true. And I I go back to being told by a scout who had a relationship with somebody in scouting who worked directly with both Nick Casario, both all three, Nick Casario, Chris Greer, and Brian Flores. And said specifically, Nick will try to fuck them. Like that, those were his words. He's like, they you can say they're friends and all, and, and you know, all, all that, but Nick will try to fuck them. And so I that makes I go back to that and I, I think, well, you know, what if, what if one of these other teams comes out there with a better offer? I just think there's too many things that could go wrong with the Deshaun Watson thing. And then once you get off of that, it's like, oh, we'll just go get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Russell Wilson. Oh, well, why don't we, why don't we just go ahead and bring LeBron back to Miami too while we're at it? You know, like <laughs> yeah, well, you don't while, think while that
1: we're... Aaron Rodgers is an opportunity, but he uh uh I think that there's an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers. I think no, there's I, a I, way I, you can make he, it really attractive. I think Alf, Russell Wilson I'll, Alf Alf I'll be
3: I will be shocked, flatly shocked. If he even has Miami in his like top five okay. destinations, we shall
1: see. We, we shall I'm, see. I'm just
3: telling you right now either of those guys, either of those guys, if they consider Miami to be even in the upper echelon of their destination, oh, the rumor is that Russell be, Wilson
1: wants to go to I New York. will be
3: shocked. I will be shocked. I do not think it's going to these quarterbacks. They're not going to give a shit about like, oh, the defense played really well for half a season. They're going to say, what weapons do you have? What offensive line do you have? And what coaches and system do you have in place on the offense? You
1: get to hire them. Brian and Flores, I, okay with that? You get to hire them, and not only do you get to hire them. Here's my pitch to Aaron Rodgers, okay? Brian Flores, okay with that? No, well, look, you're I, not pitching Aaron
3: Rodgers right now. You're pitching Brian Flores. You're pitching Brian Flores. We want to go out and get Aaron Rodgers. To do that, we have to clean house completely on the offensive coaching staff, hire a completely new staff, whoever Aaron Rodgers says. Brian Flores and say devote, yes to that.
1: And devote. Brian Flores say yes to that. Yes or no. If he says no, I fire him on the spot. And, and, I, and I let Aaron Rodgers hire the coach. <laughs> How do you like that?
3: Aaron Rodgers is going to turn you down anyway. So now you're out of head coach and Aaron Rodgers.
1: Well, here's the thing. Everything goes hand in hand. My pitch to Aaron Rodgers would be he gets free run on the offensive side of the ball while Brian Flores takes care of the defensive side of the ball. We have cap space to go get you the players you need on the offensive side of the ball. You have a starter kit. The starter kit is Mike Gusecki and Jalen Waddle. If you want Devonta Parker at his cheap price, you got him as your third wide receiver because we're going to go get you. A top Just because
3: you have money doesn't mean you have options.
1: Aaron Rodgers. Who you gonna who you gonna
3: who you gonna get on the offensive line? You're gonna get Tyrone Armstead to play 60 of
1: the season? No, nah, no. That's where you're gonna have to rely on some scouting and some some consultants to try oh, to build it. Yeah, we're so line. we've been
3: we've been so good at that.
1: Well, it's gonna it's it, if they're gonna make it happen with Aaron Rodgers, it has, it's gonna have to be something. They're not gonna like make that. it happen
3: with Aaron Rodgers. That's the point. Like the point is, he's not going back to that defense. interview that
1: he did with uh, with the Libertar show a while back. He volunteered that Brian Flores is a coach that he liked, and he liked the defense that the Dolphins played.
3: He was and being he nice. He play. was talking to a local radio station or local radio guy.
1: But why would he why would he volunteer that if a he wasn't aware guy. if he wasn't aware? Of course, he's aware. OK, how many
3: how many players how many players have used the Dolphins to get more money somewhere else? When you're playing that game, when you're playing that game, every single team you're going to talk up every single team because you know it just translates to. He's more also money older. More Tom knowledge. Brady
1: went to Tampa. It, it's only natural that Aaron Rodgers comes to Miami. Okay, and he's gonna and he's, gonna come, he's, to gonna, and he's gonna come to Florida. All the old he's gonna come to
3: and he's gonna come to the Miami Dolphins the team that didn't make the playoffs. And you know he wants to. I think he's probably going to stay in Green Bay
1: for fuck's sake. Oh, well, we shall see. <laughs> that's going to be an inter- I really, to I real really, interesting. I really, I really, I really think offer. that's
3: an under. I think that's an underplayed possibility that people aren't really realizing about Aaron Rodgers is that he, they might, they might just make it work. And I think that, um, I think there's no way Aaron Rodgers is coming, no way Russell Wilson, and then, then what are we talking about? Are we talking about a trade for Kirk Cousins? Hmm. I mean, that's probably the battlefield where this is really going. This war is really going to be fought. Is someone like a Kirk Cousins, and then the Dolphins fans are going to be like, "Really? That's really?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, if the uh, and I like Kirk Cousins, by the way, but no, I, know no, that's, I know you. I that, know that's but... not where you. That's not where you go with this. Like, you know what's what's the worst quarterback that would be that I would consider? Okay, like this is interesting. I really look. I don't think that Derek Carr has gotten a, a fair shake. I think he's a really good quarterback. The you know, and is and, there and every the... single year.
3: And the draft is full of a bunch of guys And the draft is the draft is this big game. The draft, the quarterback class in this draft is a giant game of Mary fuck kill, except without Mary. Mm. Like it's there's, there's just, (laughs) there's just guys there. There's just like, there's just quarterbacks that you're like, you know, maybe, Oh, let me take a chance on him. Maybe developmental guy. Um, you know, the guy that would play under, under my Ryan Tannehill. And then one day, you know, maybe we'll see, um, there's that it's, but those guys aren't, those guys aren't going to be starting for the dolphins in
1: 2022. Yeah. And, and, and everybody who, who like poops the name of Derek Carr. One of my greatest fears is that Bill Belichick grows a, a brain and sends a pick to the Raiders for Derek Carr. Well, that's not happening. I mean, they're, they're if probably that happened, it's Matt game
3: Jones over, there. and bye bye Buffalo. Okay? Well, they're more than happy As... with Mac Jones now, and I think that I think the Ra- the Raiders are probably more than happy with Derek Carr now. So, but um, but I think that the I think I think well, yeah, some think coming up here. I think there was some friction between between Carr and uh, and John Gruden. Or I've heard that there was there was there had always been friction between Carr and Gruden, and um, and I think that uh, I think that with gruden gone i think cars cars got leverage there i think he's i don't I don't think he's in the equation i think i think we're talking about you know, matt ryan could end up going from atlanta to like pittsburgh
1: yeah i think that like that's the the loudest secret anywhere yeah is, is that pittsburgh prepared to make an offer for and then you matt got, ryan you, got and
3: aaron, you got aaron Rodgers and russell wilson going wherever the hell they're gonna go and it's not gonna be miami um and then there and then you got you know, Daniel maybe Jones. you could trade. Maybe you could trade for God. Are and you Baker fucking Mayfield. kidding me? Are you fu- uh, are you fucking kidding me with the Daniel Jones bullshit? Like, talking tell- Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, but that's hey, that's the market. That's 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 what's uh, at the bottom of the barrel of, in this off season. Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield pops, possibly Baker Mayfield.
3: And, and, you know, when, when this reality hits everybody in the face, they're going to be like, well, you know, maybe we can build an offensive line around Tua or something like that. You know, I, 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 I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to just stick with Tua like, Oh, he's my guy. I'll defend him to the, to the end of the earth, you know, stuff like, no, I'm, I'm trying to give everybody the reality that this is not, you can't go to fucking Walmart and just go, go do it you know that you can't just because a guy hits free agent this goes for every position just because a guy goes to free agency doesn't mean you go out
1: and buy him because people guy, are watching you to, tampa and saying you know that's not fair those guys didn't do didn't earn that you know yeah I mean? well
3: i mean you get tom when you get tom brady when you get tom brady they, the guys come like if the my if miami did get aaron Rodgers somehow and i don't think it would happen but like if they did then i think you would find that you know, there would be some guys that would come with him. But the thing is that that doesn't, that works for you after you've got Aaron Rodgers and that's great. That, that works for you. But there's a period, there's a pretty important period before that where you're like, I have to convince Aaron Rodgers to be here first. Like, and and Aaron Rodgers is going to say, is going to say, what are you bringing me that other teams aren't, you know, what are you doing better than anybody else to bring me? You, the the team that didn't make the playoffs and that has the the crappiest offensive line in your team's history. You know, what are you doing for me? And and a system that is totally not fit for Aaron Rodgers whatsoever. Um, That's, those are the questions that are going to be asked. And, you know, that's not, that's why it's not going to happen. So they're going to, I fully agree with anybody, including Simon, that says the Dolphins are going to look at this thing with Tua and be like, I'm not sure he's it or maybe even he not it, you know, that may happen. That may happen. Their hands may be tied. anyway. just because he not it doesn't mean they're just going to go ahead and well, what's Ryan Fitzpatrick doing, I guess.
1: Yeah, because I want to see, I, 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 and I I said this to Simon, I truly believe that this is, this is how they're going to have to evaluate it. You drafted a quarterback fifth overall. There had to have been some faith in there. Right, because you took him fifth overall. You had an opportunity to take damn near anybody it's, else you wanted. It's to. been
3: it's been remarkable how little, to, to be honest. And I hear things from inside the the facility all the time about about Tua. I'm I'm, I'm I've always been honest. I've been honest about that this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that comes out is is just like, okay, then who did take him? You know, like who, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who did put their name next to this guy? Yeah, somebody so, did.
1: Yeah, but they got to look at it and say he wins next week. He's 14 and seven. The team is 14 and seven when your chosen quarterback is playing, which means you're pretty much complete. So that means that the team that you built that you say, Mm -hmm. okay, this is what we're going to go and try to win a Super Bowl with, at least for now, you know, in progress is 14 and seven. If it's 14 and seven, I I don't see how you're not happy with that. You know, you got to be happy with that. So if you make a change, it means that you're not happy with, with, with the quarterback so you know who gets the blame who gets the the credit you know and if you want to go you know even further you know it's uh the last two seasons brian flores is 19 and 14 okay why aren't you 20 and 13 because that's the difference between where you want to be and where you are right now well i mean more in like, the end, in the end, more we're, we're, like we're not talking
3: more like we're not, 21 and 12, because we got to make the playoffs in both the seasons.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 21 and 12. So, yeah. Why are you 19 and 14 and not 21 and 12? So they have to answer all those questions because they're going to be asked. I am. I'm dying to see what the answers are going to be. And I think we're going to get very early answers because, you know, March kicks off a whole bunch of stuff. OK, free agency starts early in March. You know there's some dates before that that are very very important as far as you know if you're going to trade for anybody like you know and you get, I think the deadline to tag people is late February so the you know they got to make a lot of decisions in the next couple of months so anyway we went super long this is going to this might even be another 2 hour show the last one this didn't. was
3: this was befitting of a never ending funeral dirge <laughs> like yes this is this is what if this is what it looks and feels like
1: yeah i had people i had people tell me like you know yeah, uh, yeah you know it gets old and i'm like you know you'll get used to it i've been, i've been i've been seeing these ends since uh, the 80s and 90s it's very very common to lose in to very it. bad weather conditions on the road against a really good team like it's common you know yeah. the whole trick is to not need that game People keep asking me, ah, they beat a bunch of crap teams. How do you think great records are built? How do you think you get to 11 and six? You get to 11 and six by beating all the bad teams and then just kind of holding your own and winning a game here or there against the good teams. At home That's how you do that.
3: At home particularly.
1: Exactly. The problem came that they actually lost to two bad teams. Yeah. So think about it. If this team had just gone out this year and been an absolute total fraud and just beat all the bad teams. They would be playing this weekend for the number 1 seed in the NFL in the AFC. Yeah, that's what. Um, and that's I,
3: mean, a I, I get it and that's true but they weren't even but I, like I said they that that would be they would be pretenders at that point because they Absolutely. weren't they haven't been competitive even with the um with the good teams and that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah under this mean.
1: hypothetical I'm assigning a loss to them against the Ravens but I'm giving them wins yeah. against Jacksonville Atlanta and the Colts because the Colts were I old, mean Adam old, old Gase
3: old Adam Gase made it to the playoffs right yes he did but they were pretenders they weren't going to beat anybody mm-hmm. and,
1: and he made and, it there um, with a with a pretty exciting team that uh, that was scoring points on offense. Yeah,
3: so I I think that you know, yeah, there, there's 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 reason to be disappointment, and, and like I said, there's you know, for all the people that are accusing us of like, oh, well, all we do is defend Tuatonga Valoa, other than Simon, who is now given up on him officially. Um
1: yes. <laughs> that's which, that's by the way, point.
3: makes it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta revisit with him some of those some of those knockdown, drag out arguments about Kyler Murray versus Tuatonga Vailoa back and back in, back in when they were both in college. Um
1: hey, I still have Kyler Murray as my number. It was supposed to be
3: so ridiculous that I considered Kyler Murray to be better than uh than Tua a But anyway, um he's so, he's
1: frustrating too, you know, don't you could take the lip the 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 victory lap over Tua dude, if you don't if take we had it against Kyler, too many if guys. Had,
3: if we had Kyler if we had Kyler Murray right We'd now be in the we, would be,
1: we would be taking victory laps.
3: We would be holy shit we got you know this guy. No Fuck off. Um, but anyway, uh you know, like I said before, uh, for all the people that, that think that we're just two apologists or whatever. Um, no, it's clear that when when this result is is as bad as it is, and this team is still as far away from being competitive with good teams as they are, there is plenty of shit to get on issues. Um, and I think that I think that you have to look at that. I am not convinced that he is the the guy. I think that if he if his absolute worst game was the Jets game that we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, I, I think I said this then. If that is his worst game, then then he is then he has arrived. Like he is it. Um, but it wasn't.
1: <laughs> it you know? really, really, really was. No, his worst. <laughs> you thing, and you know, and I watched the game again today. I didn't watch the defensive snaps because I kind of knew yeah. what they ran. Okay, they ran you know slant runs and counters and. They use leverage to gain four or five yards to carry, and they didn't do much that was going to be impressive. But I did watch all of Tua, and it's not the bad throws; it's what he's not seeing. You know, yeah, and that's that's what I keep getting at. People people keep
3: wanting, for some reason, to die on the hill of. You know the missed passes or the accuracy. Well, first off, the missed passes yesterday with the cold, slick ball and all that. You know him clearly not being used to it. I mean, he showed that he was not used to it with with some really embarrassing fuck ups. Um, you know, I I think that's for, forget about that. I, I'm, but yeah, I understand that he's missed some balls in in previous games. But we are talking about a guy who's like goes whole games without missing a single pass or Mm -hmm. you know without like completing 80 percent in multiple games he was literally one of the most one of the most accurate if not the most accurate passer in the nfl and so this is i just don't understand dying on that hill like i don't Mm -hmm. understand um being willing to die for that hill like if if this were josh allen and and, you know he's he's just throwing the ball wildly all over the place then then you can harp on the accuracy and be like, accuracy, accuracy, accuracy. I just don't see it. I think you look at Tua Vilo, look what his actual weaknesses are. His actual weaknesses, first off, physical limitations kind of underpin everything with him. And they always have. And those, those people who are trying to say that you know it's changing or he's getting worse some way in that way, I think those are more just people that didn't realize it back then and are finding out now. So it's creating the perception of change. Um, he is what he has always been that way in terms of arm limitations and physical limitations. Um, but that under that really under underlines everything that he does and makes things that much harder and always has and always will. But so you talk about that first. The second thing you talk about is that why does he go one out of four, one out of five games? He shows up and complete, looking completely underprepared for the game
1: yeah and And i'm talking about like
3: the denver game last year the mm -hmm. buffalo game the Buff, the second buffalo game last year the um the the whatchamacallit the i mean he he went out of the first buffalo game but it was certainly wasn't looking good to to start with um but then the uh the buffalo game again this year and now this game and the jets game i mean there's there's just like times he gets out there, he looks completely underprepared to play. And it's like one out of four or one out of four or five times. That's unacceptable. That's preparation on his part, but also preparation from the coach's part and a standpoint. And so somebody's going to answer for that. Somebody's got to figure out what's going on there, why that why that's happening, because it's, it's probably the biggest thing other than his physical limitations. And then the, uh, the thing after that is exactly what you said. He is not seeing the field as it is, as opposed to what as what he expects it to be. And, and that's, that's everybody, right? Yeah, and it, that's doesn't everybody. Help.
1: and it doesn't help that Janoris Jenkins fucks up and tries to, you know, come up and Devontae Parker gets past him. Janoris Jenkins essentially just lets him go because he thinks Kevin By- Baird has that half and Kevin Baird is actually trying to pick up Gusecki. And you have Devontae Parker jumping up and down like a maniac down the sideline with nobody around him. And Tua yeah, just fun. looks at him and then runs out of bounds. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that. And, all he has and to I do th- is
3: complete a twenty-five yard pass,
1: you know, and it might go for fifty all, or sixty all he, has, a touch.
3: all he has to do, but in those conditions, he couldn't even he couldn't even throw a ball shorter than that without one hopping it, and or without like without whipping it back, and the ball just coming out of his hands. Like there was so much of what was going on yesterday from a weather standpoint that I think like blew a hole through his his entire psyche about what he can do with the football um <laughs> yes. because he lost he lost he lost all confidence in what he could do with the football and that's on him that, I'm not absolving anybody that's yeah, on my him.
1: problem and I told Simon this and I guess we could close here I told Simon this I like watching Joe Burrow because he's like a mechanical masterpiece like he oh yeah yeah, yeah. he every one of his throws looks the same period yes every single a one of them. And he has
3: been since college. He he did yes. that in the, like, he worked on it. He worked on it really hard because he wasn't that way at Ohio State. He mm-hmm. worked on it really hard. He went to the Manning camps. He, you know, he, he, he worked with this. Um, I forget the name of the trainer, yeah, but like I, this, yeah, this I can't, trainer, I can't, I can't,
1: I can't remember his, his name either. But the trainer – it's the guy, it's gained, the guy
3: who trains Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, he, he gained like 10 miles an hour on his throw. Uh, 10 miles. Well, per I hour don't, I don't, I throw. don't know about that, but I, I don't says. know.
3: I, well, that yeah, so supposedly, but um, no. What he what he did is he worked with a guy that that really has worked with Tom Brady's mechanics before, and um, and he came out with these immaculate, picture perfect mechanics, uh, consistent, replicable mechanics. And it is a big strength of his game. It is the it is a big strength of his game. And when you look at Tuatunga Valoa and you see like that big that big 45 yard bomb to Jalen Waddle, which actually traveled like 56 yards in the air mm-hmm. at a hot pace at a really a legit, a legit hot pace for uh, you know, I, I track these sorts of throws. It was good. You look at a throw like that. And then you look at the other throws that were like, he's one hopping it because he can't, he can't fucking even get the ball there on a short <laughs> pass uh, or, or, you know, you forget, forget the wet ball game, like go, like go to some other games and you see some of the other throws that he has that like a moon ball here or there. Um, the, the inconsistency is what's striking to me and that's that's the mechanical thing. That's a mechanical yeah. thing. He didn't he hasn't done what Joe Burrow did that way from a mechanic standpoint and he needs to and, um, and and so he needs to put the work in if he wants to wants to get better. Those are the hills you want to die on with Tutungngavillo yeah. is he's not seeing the feel as it is as opposed to how he how he wants it to, or he expects it to be and he needs to put in the work both from a game planning preparation standpoint and from the standpoint of the, the mechanical consistency, Um, he needs to be putting in the work on that stuff. And, um, and those are the, those are the things you want to, you want to talk about with him. Cause I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's productive to be talking about accuracy and the fact that he misses high every now and then you know, I think it's more productive, you know, Oh God, that ball came out like a duck, you know? Yeah. I went the right spot, but Jesus look at the wobble on that thing or, or, or like, or in this case, when he was throwing on the run, he's throwing off the wrong, wrong foot or something like that. And um, he's wrong footing it. And it goes one hopper, you know Um, he's, he's got to get better with the, with the mechanical consistency. And, uh, and then he's got to be better prepared. And and he's got to learn the game better. And maybe he'll never do that. Maybe he'll never do that. And he'll be I mean, he won't be a bust at this point. I think he's at least a backup at this point. Yeah, his
1: problem and he developed this uh, like four or five weeks ago, he has this this stupid little fade on his throws. And it's it's maddening because nobody teaches you how to throw like that unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the only one that will do stupid things. And Rodgers, too that will do stupid oh, yeah. things and will make it work out. But that's because, you know, these guys are aliens. Like those guys only come around once every 40 years. Okay. Yeah. Those, especially Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could do things with a football that I've never seen anybody ever do. Period. Yeah. Okay. Well, Josh Allen. But, Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen is just, you know, he's a God. Like he'll throw it through a brick wall. Like he's, he's just a he's brute. Not, he's not a yeah. He's not an alien. He's a God. <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen is a brute. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's an artistic aspect to what he does. What he does yeah, is that's true. It's not supposed to happen, but it does. He ha- it happens it. anyway. He it. I you mean, Tua plays it. as if he has this shotgun of an arm and he doesn't. He has to be perfect mechanically. And his yep, mechanics are in the shitter the last four or five weeks. Just yep. bad. And again, that fade. Get rid of that fade. It's making you throw high and it's making you throw high consistently. Stop it. Step into out. the throw.
3: Figure out to throw a fucking cold ball, Jesus, a cold wet ball, whatever, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but hey, it it, it wasn't wasn't, fine. It
1: wasn't cold and raining in New Orleans, okay? And he still pulled that bullshit again. He still had that the little hitch in his stupid delivery. I hate it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, listen, when some
3: just because he missed a couple of passes, I mean, I get it. I get it. It could have been better. Like he has the ability, the strange and un and very, very weird ability that if you did set him right mechanically, like he could, he could hit almost every single pass. Um, but I mean, you know, when, when the 80% guy has an off day at the office, um, because he's, you know, today, today he was more like, uh, like, um, 73%. (laughs) 73%. <laughs> That's an off day at the office. Again, we're going to die for the hill. Is that, is that the hill we're going to die on? You know, I mean, yeah, get, get your mechanic. This is about, this is about work ethic more than, than anything. You know, this is about, this is about putting in the work. And I think that shows up when you, when you do put in the work, like ask Drew Brees about that. Like he, he, he credits that with, he credits a transformation in his work ethic into the as being the thing that transformed his career, you know, from being a bust and being replaced by Phil, Phil rivers, essentially mm-hmm. by the, the dra- and chargers are like, you know, Drew Brees, he ain't it. We're drafting Phil rivers. Mm-hmm. He went from that to being who he became and he credits. So that. you're expecting to, uh, this
1: fan base to be patient is what you're saying. <laughs> what no, you I mean,
3: saying? I know what I'm expecting, what I, but what I'm saying, I don't care what the fan base does. I, I like Tua himself is going to have to lead that transformation. And yes. that's what I think that's where I think I agree, I agree with Simon or, and have agreed with him is um, to himself has to lead that transformation and he's got to do it by being by, by doing his part and being better. Um, and because in this league, it's closed, it's a closed circuit. So if you're, if you are not outworking the guy next to you, then he is outworking you, you know? And, Absolutely. and so that's, that's where it has to start.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I got to get your, your thoughts on this. I don't know if you saw what happened with the Rockets, but John Lucas is a pretty well-known coach, and he challenged Kevin Porter, one of the better players on the team, at halftime because they had played absolutely terrible. And Kevin Porter, uh, Kevin Porter, uh, uh, basically what they're what everybody's saying is that he went after John Lucas and then left the arena. Like, he tried to actually fight John Lucas. Your thoughts on this Antonio Brompton? This is the, the, the most odd thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you saw the backstory to this. I did. you every read it single,
3: today? Every yeah, I did. I heard about it. Um, it did it, did it make you sympathize Indian with Rappaport, him although he's he's no, a, no, obviously not Ill. not one little bit. Not one little bit because I could tell I can tell when I'm reading a report that came from the player's camp. Okay. You know, I can tell when I'm reading, I can tell when I'm reading a story that came out of out of his own PR people, out of mm-hmm. his people. And I have no sympathy for the guy I think every single day that he is in Florida, the state of Florida, and he has not been baker acted <laughs> is a miraculous day. Yes. That is my that is my official opinion of Antonio Brown.
1: And Tampa Bay's trying to hold him out of of playing for the rest of the year. I don't know how they're going to attempt to do that. Maybe they have to pay him one of his bonuses. But yeah, it's it's I've never seen it before ever. I've seen <laughs> players go after coaches like it's happened before. Latrell Sprewell Tried oh, yeah, to I choke that. yeah, I uh, 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 Carlissimo to death. <laughs> like, that's something that happened. Like, I'm not, that, I'm not, that is
3: something that happened. Okay. <laughs> I'm not,
1: I'm not embellishing this. Like, uh, no, I, I saw it. <laughs> like, I remember when, it, when everybody was talking about it. Okay. First of all, you got to remember that PJ Carlissimo is about, a, he's not a small man, but he's about 6'3, 210 pounds an elderly. And you have a 6'7, 230 pound man fine athlete by the way great basketball player put both of his hands around his neck and start wringing it back and forth as in i'm going to kill you yep that happened that happened that happened (laughs) happened in sports so i'm not gonna say that this is the weirdest thing but it's getting weird out there all right that's it we've talked enough this is a two-hour show already again okay this
3: is the funeral this is the funeral
1: march yeah so you had to get this so which means that you're the next show you're going to get which is going to be the patriots uh pre preview i'm sorry it's going to have to be around 30 minutes people okay it's going to just
3: it's going to be us just being drunk and talking <laughs> about something completely
1: unrelated yes in fact uh, we're going to do that at some point all right that's it there is no more and literally, there is no more. Uh, the no, that, there is no over. more to the
3: <laughs> season. There is literally no more to the season.
1: Yes. All right. No more meaningful there. football. Anyway. Right. Talk to you, I guess, on Wednesday or Thursday. We'll figure it out. Talk to you then.
0: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.